0: that you can use to train your feet for life for more information about the movement sessions the food the center head to my website nutritiousmovement.com slash retreat that's nutritiousmovement.com slash retreat this is katie b and you are about to listen to an early episode of my podcast Now the show is called the Move Your DNA podcast, and you can find all episode transcripts and the show notes to this episode at nutritiousmovement.com slash podcast. Enjoy.
1: You're listening to Katie Says, the podcast that helps you become aligned and well. Join us for conversations with Katie Bowman, biomechanist, creator, and director of the Restorative Exercise Institute author, teacher, blogger, mother, and total body nerd. Understand the mechanical causes of modern ailments, learn how to fix them, and restore yourself to a more functional state of natural human movement. We hope you find the general information on biomechanics, movement, and alignment informative and helpful, but it is not intended to replace medical advice and shouldn't be used as such. And now, your host, Danny Hammett.
0: Okay, this is Katie again, and the only reason I'm opening this show, this second part of our foot show, is because I got to start the first. I got to do the introduction for the first show, and I'm kind of addicted to it now. So, Danny, are you ready to start the second part of the show? I totally am,
2: and you can start anytime. You're good at it. Okay.
0: Well, all I'm right, not, I'm Let's not, go. All
2: right, let's do it. Okay. Leg length discrepancy. Leg mm-hmm. length. A lot of mm-hmm. people say sure. they've been told they have it. If they've had a person interpret an x-ray and told them that they actually have that, what does that mean for them if they want to transition to minimal footwear? And the person that asked this question um, noted that they are currently wearing orthotics to compensate for that discrepancy, but they're not really sure if it's helping or hurting them. The question, I guess, is, you know, what does that mean if you you have that?
0: Well, I would say that, like, leg length discrepancy is very common, but at the same time, leg length is made of lots of different things. So again, Mm -hmm. it's going to be a bigger, it's going to be a bigger whole body answer. Let me just prep you with that. So your, your leg length is not just the sum total of your bone length. So most people get a leg length diagnosis from a two dimensional X-ray. Okay. Usually while they're lying down. Um, but anyway, anyhow, the position when you're, when you're, when your joints articulate when when two separate bones come together to form a joint. So if you think of the upper thigh bone and then the two lower leg bones coming together to form what we call the knee, let's say the distance of the foot, the base of the foot from the pelvis, from the hip socket itself, changes based on how your upper and your lower leg bones are rotating relative to each other. So we think of length as this linear two-dimensional measurement, and it is, but length is affected by these rotational motions that are not considered. Meaning if you've got internally rotated hip, um, so the femur is internally rotated, and then you've got an external rotation of the lower leg, all this is covered in whole body barefoot, you are going to measure a different leg length. That's what, you know, if you pronate Mm -hmm. more on one side than the other side, your legs are different lengths, but that that length is functional. It can be functional, meaning your leg can become longer based on how you hold the position of all of your parts throughout all of your body. Or in this case, from the top of the thigh bone or the femur all the way down to the sole of your foot. That that is a dynamic measurement. So that's why, again, we don't just change our shoes. If you want to start wearing minimal shoes and start to get rid of these plastic devices that you have put into and uh, onto your body to perform basic biological function, you have to be willing to restore your basic biological function, your basic You know, physiological motions, biomechanical motions. And so, so I would say that you would want to start with the exercises and whole body alignment and learning how your thigh can rotate and your lower shank can rotate and how everyday things that you do, how you sit when you drive and how you walk and how all of those things are affecting. And are affected by what you put on your feet. The end.
2: You are on fire today, man. That was such a good answer. You don't even need me to do this show with you today. You could just do the whole thing solo. This is like podcast-itis. That was such a great answer. Thanks. Thanks. You're welcome. Let's get (laughs) Marm in here. Okay. Do young, as in like five and seven, around that age, kids need to transition to minimal?
0: You mean, should they be wearing minimal no, shoes? If, or?
2: if they are going to be, you know, do they need a transition period uh, when they're so young?
0: Not so much. Okay. Not so much. However, the transition period, because they're very uh, supple.
2: Mm-hmm. They're
0: supple and their tissues are in a different state and they're light and they're low to the ground. So they don't, you know, it's, if you imagine like you – if you if you think of your foot, all of our feet are kind of still in their infant stages. For people who've like been sitting the bulk of the time, if you log so many miles over your whole entire life, and then you look at, you know, what a child, how many unshod miles you've logged on your feet, kids just don't have, they don't have uh, the resistance in their tissues as much as we do. Nor do they have the heavy loads because. They don't their weight is still pretty light of what they're carrying on their feet. That all being said, because I get this question a lot about kids, is foot position and turnouts and turn-ins and uh strength and arch height and all that stuff is affected more by more than just what shoes they've worn. It's again, it's how much do they sit on the couch, how much do they walk a day, and all of those things that usually are sitting on way too much. And they're usually walking way too less. And I'm not talking about how much exercise they get. I'm not talking about how much they play outside. I'm talking about how many miles have they walked forward on natural terrain in their bare feet without tissues that have adapted to car seats and buckets and couches and televisions. All of that is affecting their foot health as well. Foot health is whole body. You know what? We should name that book Whole Body Barefoot. Brilliant idea. Yeah. So, so think about, you know, if you're kind of going, I don't know, I, you know, I, the, kids' feet are, again, it's a whole, it's a whole body, whole lifestyle issue. Feet health is, are, are, dang it. Feet health <laughs> are,
2: hmm, this is going to be tricky. Talk good, you do. <laughs> okay. I forgot to tell you, I wrote a ditty for you this morning on my morning walk. I totally uh, forgot. Okay, sing it. Can I? Because yes. My walking buddy leaves me halfway through the five miles because she has to. When you start to-
0: singing? Oh, oh okay.
2: As <laughs> soon as she knows I'm there. No, uh, I. And so she's a nurse, she has to go off and work. Or whatever. You know, it's not a
0: walking buddy. (laughs) If you didn't make a pre-arranged meeting to walk, if you're just following
2: someone around, technically, that's not a walking buddy. Yeah, but I have a new walking buddy every day. (laughs) Okay, so anyway. Go ahead. I I sing a lot in my head when I'm by myself and sometimes out loud. And I'm in the woods, so it's okay. Okay, so it's just really short, but I got kind of a kick out of it. And this show is I'm all about that bass, right? Mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm. Okay. Because you know I'm, I'm all about that bass, about that, that bass, no heels. I'm all about that bass, about that bass, no heels. I'm all about that bass, about that bass, no heels. I'm all about that bass, about that bass. Listen to what I say. You're gonna need new shoes. You do what Cabo says, and you can never lose. You put stilettos on, your feet will sing the blues. Dogs are barking now, those dogs are barking now. That's all.
0: Wow, this new podcast, Danny Sings, is rad. Isn't it awesome?
2: That's pretty good. Yep. Do we have to pay a licensing fee now? I don't know. We'll have to talk to our podcast ninja about that. (laughs) You may have to shave a few seconds off that song.
0: (laughs) It's like the happy birthday song in movies. They only play like, to you, and then that's it.
2: Yep. All right. Well, just pick the good parts, Brock.
0: (laughs) It'd be a very (laughs) short show. He's like, I edited down to seven and a half minutes, ladies. (laughs) (laughs)
2: my song, my ditty. Okay. Here is a question from a reader. I will read her question. She has transitioned from wearing orthotics and then she went to running shoes. Now she's wearing no orthotics and then she's into negative heel shoes, some flats and some barefoot, all the way barefoot. She's always barefoot outside in her yard. In her house, she has hard ceramic floors with like mats at the stove and sink or whatever. And she's Wondering, is it okay to go barefoot on such hard surfaces? I mean, is it
0: okay? It's it's your comfort. It's your comfort level. Um, sounds like she's getting enough barefoot time elsewhere, you know, trying to stay objective. It's hard because we all feel like, mm. oh, I get plenty of. It's like... But how much? You know, people say, I get plenty of fat in my diet. It's like, how much? How much? Just give me the numbers, not your interpretation of plenty. Yes, hard surfaces, hard flat surfaces are unnatural environments. So things like socks, you know, or if you want to wear something in the house that gives you a little bit of cushion, especially if you notice discomfort from flat and level. Um, But a lot of times it's not just walking on your flat through your house, it's continuous standing, right? So standing Mm -hmm. in one place is an unnatural movement. So standing at your work desk is not natural. So, or standing to cook or cut, you know, I notice that if I'm working at the counter for a long period of time, like your feet can start to ache when they're bare, which is why, you know, those cushions in front of where you occupy your most uh, time are are helpful on your feet. So yeah, it's I, I think that that is definitely a valid point. It needs to be part of this minimal shoe discussion that seems to end where where the shoe ends, and you're not considering the environment or the context that you're putting your foot in. If if it's hard and flat and uncomfortable, then modify it by making it a little softer, either by slipping something onto your foot. Or you know that doesn't affect mm-hmm. the motion of your foot or standing on basically different versions of fatigue mats, right? Or anti-fatigue mats. Your your folded cloth in front of your kitchen sink or wherever you spend right. time okay. at your standing work desk. Thank you. And that that question can go for also all of you who have standing workstations who wondered the same thing. It's all the
2: it's the same same answer. That's good, and thank you. Okay. Zero rise shoe, like a, you know, an old Converse Chuck Taylor, well, it doesn't have to be old, but like the old style Converse, one of the fellas measured the insert in it and found that it was five to six millimeters. And he wondered if that's enough rise to throw off the geometry.
0: Well, ge- ge- I mean, that's like the nice the thing really about geometry. If if there's a value there that's greater than the other side of the shoe, that changes your geometry, right? Um that's not my opinion. That's just math. Like if it's not zero and it's uh, one, math. it's a different geometry. Right. So, so, but maybe the question is: Is it too much? Well, that's, like, well that is the question. Yeah, it's too much. Your bot again in the book. There's nothing wrong with having your heel positioned above your toe. You can go downhill, right? It's the it's it's a it's a perfectly natural position. It's just the frequency of it is not natural. If you're wearing you know, your Chuck Taylors or I used to have purple Converse. How about you? Purple Converse were like my, my first pair of shoes that came in a box that I chose because it was my my desire to have purple high top Converse. Just to just a little
2: bit of like was that a throwback Thursday right there. It was. And it's only Tuesday, so you well, just make like, sure
0: your release is on a Thursday. So since I, I sing, you're going to have
2: to <laughs> sing something from the 80s too, okay? So just think uh, on that. Um, <laughs> can I do it in a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll give you, I'll so, give you so time I mean, to warm
0: up. So for the converse, it's not, it's not too much. I mean, that's a nice small amount, just making sure that your program, you're thinking bigger than your shoe, how much... How much of just that four or five millimeters do you ever get to experience in the other direction? Like how much uphill are you doing? You know, it's like you're, you're just trying to train all of your body. That's all this is about. All this is about, especially with the geometry argument of the heel, is that you neglect certain ranges of motion in your body. So just make sure that you vary up your surface so that you do some uphill walking where you get some dorsiflexion that you're spending some time walking up and downhill without any sort of rise, even if it's tiny or the, or a constantly varying rise, you know, mm-hmm. or if you've got two pairs of shoes, cycle through two different pairs of shoes. At least you're cross-training <laughs> a little bit,
2: you know. I thought you were going to say put them both on at once. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Yes, hey. cycle through them. You're right. One day I wore two different shoes to school
0: because I was trying them on with my outfit. Which one am I going to wear? And then I was at school. This was my senior year in high school before I realized I had two different shoes on.
2: (laughs) Were they totally
0: different? Like same style or? Uh, I don't actually, I can't even remember what shoes they were. It wasn't that big of a deal because I just noticed, you know, like at one o'clock in the afternoon. So it wasn't huge,
2: but still. Okay. Arches. Am I right? Lots of people worry about arch support, like not having it. And Whole Body Barefoot does a great job of explaining the arch structure and how to strengthen the arches. But one of the questions we got was, can my unshod arches and heels take hardwood floor or should I wear something with more support? So really, you technically already answered that question elsewhere. Yeah,
0: like you're... you're There is no arch in your. I mean, the arch is just a shape. Which a lot of people
2: don't know that they do
0: not know. No, there is is no. No, if you cut out, there is no arch bone in your body. There is no arch structure. Arch is a position of your foot that is created um, through. It's like space. It's like it's like a void. It's like a donut hole. You know, the donut hole does only exists because of the donut. Around it, and frankly, I'm craving a donut right now. That I don't know if you awesome. are, <laughs> but we eat it with our feet, so it would be okay. Um, you're the same thing with your arch, but this this your arch is going to be again a dynamic. The amount of arch changes as you stroll over your foot. So really, an arch is not a fixed end point. It's strength in the feet to support not only the rest of the weight and the parts above you but to support ever changing loads through moving all of the time we are not after this end shape of high or low or or just right you are after you are after a body that facilitates movement well the end and then movement meaning all the way down onto a cellular level you are you are trying To move well, you're trying to accomplish all of your tasks, including the biological ones. So, your arches are not going to collapse. If your arches collapse as soon as you take your shoe off, then we are having an orthotic joint position situation, meaning that you don't have any strength in your own body to maintain the position of your body that the external support has been doing the work. You've been outsourcing your body's work to the device. You remove the device and the body collapses. So we don't want that. We want the opposite of that, or we want, we want that outcome in a different way. You want to have, you want to have a strong enough foot. It doesn't automatically translate to an arch of a certain height. Um, but there are definite parameters of foot position and arch position that should be there at rest that kind of, Uh, correlate well to someone who who does or does does not have foot health or knee health or hip health or whatever is migrating away from the base issue or root issue, if you will. Um, So Mm -hmm. it's not bad on, I mean, your hardwood floors are not a foot health destroyer. It's only if that's the only environment you expose your feet to. You know, instead of focusing on this small percentage of the surface of your house, like the surface of your house is your cage. Don't think about your foot health being made so much inside your cage. You're going to have to get out of your cage and you're going to have to get out of your foot cage, the shoe and your house cage and interact with some more movement. A portion of that movement can be done within your cage, right? Cause you are the zookeeper. You're trying to come up with some exercises to, f- you know, to give your little caged tigers to keep them happy, to get them a little bit of exercise. But that is like step one in terms of thinking about it. Step two would be like, how would this tiger be if it wasn't even in this cage? So you're trying to reintroduce your feet into the wild. There's a cage protocol. We've got that for you. But then We've got the slowly spending a little bit more time in the wild with your wild cousin, you know, and then coming back in, (laughs) sleeping in your cage until like you slowly develop the senses and then we'll reintroduce you. And it could take 20 years or it could take, I mean, who knows, who knows how long it takes. Because there's not very few people who've actually done the full transition into the wild year round or whatnot. Mm -hmm. But we're all just making steps, but you still got to keep the big picture in mind. And yes, your zoo environment is affecting your health, but I wouldn't focus so much on on that because unless you're going to rip out the floors of your house, it's better to focus on the things that you can change, which are the frequency with which you do your exercises and take your feet out yes in every way
2: possible thank you you're welcome (laughs) um what would you recommend i'm not asking for shoes suggestions but what would you recommend for folks that cannot wear appropriately minimal footwear like people in industrial situations um for work like i worked for ups for a really hard three months once and I had to wear shoes. They wouldn't let me wear like my my Converse Chuck Taylor's. You know, that was right. like, that's my toe protection. Like, no. So I had to wear these big old
1: steel, steel toes. toed, hurricane yeah.
2: things. And at the end of the day, my back would just be like, ah. But some folks just can't. So, what is your, and I think I know your answer for this, but what is your prescription for them?
0: Well, okay. So the first thing is if you're, if it's totally impossible for you to change shoes, then don't worry about the time. It's totally impossible for you to change shoes and change everything else that you do all of the other time. okay? So your foot exercises have nothing to do with your shoes that you wear at work. you know like it is a completely separate issue. so do that. and then make sure you're in you know whatever minimal you can stand right now, all of the other time. Um, you could quit your job, you know, or <laughs> what this guy when whole this was very funny, when whole body barefoot, the books ship from the printer. They shipped to my house because we actually mailed all the pre-sales out here, actually packaged up a thousand books and labeled them and walked them to the post office one load at a time. So the guy backed up. So it's a huge freight truck, It's stuff on pallets. It's not UPS. It's not FedEx. It's freight. And so they actually have miniature forklifts. So he came out and he's like, there's a lot of authors that live out here. He's like, I deliver like all these books. And so it's a, you know, it's a pallet with cases of books stepped on top. And I was like, really where? And he's like, oh, over here. I was like, yeah, that was my old house. He's like, well, it turns out there's one author out here. So he's oh. he's sp- <laughs> just from my old house. And he's like, was, was your mom like accepting your books? I was like, yeah, we wrote of down. But anyway, <laughs> long story to say that he cracked – He's like, let me see these books. So he cracked them open and he's like, look at my shoes. And so he pulled up his shoe and he had essentially like a converse. He's like, these are so flat and flexible. He said, I'm not allowed to wear these for work. He's like, so I – He's like, I wear the other ones in where I load my truck. And then he said, when I go out on the road, he just leaves and does those deliveries. Like, I put these on my feet because I know the rules and like, I'm not going to sue anyone for anything. He's like, but so he's like, my knees and my back and my feet would ache at the end of every day. So, so not to break the rules for him. Well, the thing is, like, there are rules and you understand why the rules are there. And he was willing to accept personal responsibility for his health. And he did it. So, um, there's that. Mm-hmm. There's also, there's also a pair of steel toe tennis shoes now on the market, what? which might have been. So, um, what, what? I just, I just sent a link. I just sent a link to someone. Um, I want, it's not like a sketcher or whatever. It's like some new balance or some like, um, mainstream tennis shoe company that is now making steel toe. So boom, that might be your solution right there. And I'll see, we'll see, maybe we can put it in the show notes if we can find it. Yes.
2: Or even or show post it at or, some point during this month. of Yes, podcasts. we will absolutely. So we will absolutely. We're going to have a work day, right? So professional or, day. Yeah, so professional that's the. Uh, that was good. Well, I just quit my job. <laughs> I just I didn't like my shoes, so oh, there you go. Okay, if a beloved activity is particularly hard on your feet, like uh, you roller skate, or you know soccer with their pointy little shoes, is compensating with. The, the exercises and the program and minimal footwear the rest of the time good enough. I mean, is it, you can keep, you don't have to worry about what you're doing to your feet, which I guess is kind of the same thing as working. Sounds
0: a lot like my brother who likes to run after
2: he's done smoking
0: because <laughs> he swears that, <laughs> that his endurance training is offsetting mm. the damage to his lungs brought about by smoking. Like that's his health program is like, I love to smoke. So I started to run and now I run and he feels okay about smoking. He still has lung problems, but he's an excellent runner. Uh, so, so of course, I'm, you know, I'm like, so-, so yeah, so I always <laughs> like to throw at a ridiculous, like where everyone would be like, that's ridiculous. It's like, oh. okay, <gasps> there is no, you do not, the body does not work that way. It's like you just kind of binged on creme brulee so you're going to eat a salad to balance what you just consumed as dessert.
2: Oh, man. It's all
0: input. You do not remove input. Right? Right. We just want to make sure everyone understands that basic physiological guideline. You do not want to think about balancing out one behavior with another because it does not work that way. You don't binge eat and then go jog it off. Although we do, right? We say that all the time. So we're we're thinking because we think in those terms, because magazine articles are presented, you know, like this workout is worth this many calories. So if you overindulge, make sure you do this workout so that your net energy is zero. It's like what
2: is going on right now in the world? Like turkey trots, you know, the turkey trots every Thanksgiving. Everybody's like, I'm going to sign up for a 5K so I can go eat a big Thanksgiving dinner. It's like, oh. yeah,
0: Well, I mean, and it's, like, and it's not to say that, you know, large bouts of – I mean, we even tried to offset sedentary with active, right? So you just mm-hmm. – the sedentary was input just like the active. The toe smushed together was input just like the toe spreading. That all being said, if you have – you have to also – what you do have to balance is the enjoyment of your life. You know, if foot health is so bad, whatever ailment that you have is so bad that you can't enjoy your day-to-day activities, then it would make sense to cut back on the activities that are causing you to not enjoy other aspects of your life. That being said, if you can't imagine enjoying your life without activity X, then you understand and negotiate Mm -hmm. some sort of sacrifice. Keeping in mind, though, that the enjoyment of your life is going to be broader, perhaps, than the next two weeks. You know, so sometimes we have a hard time looking past two weeks. Mm -hmm. That all being said, I've said that, that all being said a lot of times, that all being said is you don't know when your life is going to be over. So is it better to play it safe through your entire life never doing the things that would cause some sort of, I mean, are you worried so much about protecting your health that you never do anything with it? Like, so it's a very big philosophical question about your life. If, so if someone is going, you know, this plantar fasciitis won't go away and I don't take walks with my children and I don't go outside into nature and all these other things that I want to do, but I can muster up, you know, enough foot, whatever to play my game of soccer or to go like rock climbing. I'm just thinking of like really right. tight shoes or whatever. Then those are those, that's a question for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also play around with it. If you've been playing soccer, I'm just using soccer as an example. If you've been playing soccer and your feet and your back are killing you after every game and it takes like a few days to recover and you don't get to go do other things, um, play around with the exercises. And if the exercises doing them before and after and a few times for the week allow you to play soccer and have healthy feet, then boom, you just found your solution.
2: Yeah. That's what I do with roller skates. God love my skating, but I got to do foot exercises after to make sure my toes don't feel too smooshed. Well, speaking of soccer, that's actually one of the questions. And I know that you could possibly speak to this since your husband is super duper soccer guy. Mm -hmm. Um, That's actually his name. (laughs) Really? <laughs> I've been calling him the wrong name this whole time. How embarrassing. Um, well, just tell him I follow people in the woods and he'll know that I'm a loon. He's so- like, Danny's been walking with me every morning. It's really weird. Like 12 feet behind me. Following me? Calling me something different than super soccer guy? So cleats, are they necessary? Because a lot of kids, you know, it's soccer season right now and adults still like to play soccer. Could you speak to that from his perspective or what he has learned? Are cleats necessary for playing the game of soccer?
0: Well, that answer is easy to um, find an objective answer to by finding any example of any people who play soccer without cleats, which you can do easily on YouTube. People play soccer all over the world without cleats. Correct? Yes. Right? So –
2: so Lord, you just I never like, thought
0: about that. Hmm. Yes, like you like you answer many times you can answer your own questions just by thinking about it yourself for just a second and trying to find any example that answers that question with a resounding yes or no, you know, just one example. And then you begin to refine your question because there are Children, I mean, soccer is a global phenomenon and the ability to afford soccer cleats is not a global phenomenon. And many people play soccer. The best soccer players are actually tend to, globally, tend to be those who played barefoot for a very long period of time. Because of course, what do you end up getting? stronger feet, knees and ankle, better skills, better sensory input, et cetera. right? They're just, you know, you have street kids and village right. kids playing in dirt piles and in whatever they can and playing extremely well, certainly compared to, you know, me. <laughs> but um so no, they're not required, but they're going to be required by any um club, you know, right. or, that you're in. So my, you know, my basic w- we have kids because of super duper soccer player which is my husband's name. Mm-hmm. Um, our children also quote play soccer, meaning like you're, you get the development of the skills and trapping and passing, but they've never once done it with shoes on because they don't do any real movement activities with shoes on. So they're, mm-hmm. they're already playing. We're already playing family soccer and kicking and passing and all that stuff. Doesn't, happen with shoes. So that could be a really cool, fun thing is let's play barefoot soccer. That's a really great way to introduce unshod motion and family time is just to go take a soccer ball out to a field, right? Because fields tend to not be full of broken, broken, like an actual sport field and just play a family game. Like what are your skills like? You know, you're not doing, you're not running, you know, I'm not saying go out and play with a bunch of you know, aggressive players where you're doing a lot more agility move where suddenly getting rid of your shoe would be huge. But if you're already playing, your kids are already playing, just go out and start kicking the ball around and having these little um, kind of fun, low pace, low skill games, little challenge. And boom, there was your barefoot time. So there's that. But cleats, you know, cleats are part of the shoe. And if everyone else has cleats on, you certainly want to be wearing cleats if you want to be competitive, right? Because everyone's going to have an attraction advantage mm-hmm. on you, as well as you don't want to get stepped on no. your barefoot with <sighs> cleats on. But I am also going to reveal what my husband did with his soccer cleats. Super to soccer his guy? Soccer, what, what super soccer guy did to his soccer cleats because he can no longer wear a positive heel. He was like, it's like shoving a stick up my spine, you know, Mm -hmm. to go out and play on the field. Where before he would just play really hard and then have raging back pain. Like he would throw out his back every game. He's a phenomenal player and has played, you know, for decades. But his game would jack him up in his 20s and Mm his 30s. And now he's back to playing now. But um, I'll reveal a a post and a picture about that. You can check out my blog or the. the Facebook page, and I'll give you a hint. It, it involves a knife.
2: Ooh, cannot wait. Okay, two more quick questions. Uh, hammer toes, did they ever straighten back out if somebody quits the input that created them in the first place?
0: We have. We've had a lot of people who've had their hammer or curly toes change. So, yeah, it's just a soft tissue change, yeah? Huh? Cool. Well, that's going to make that person happy that I said Okay. Or did you mean toes that were made out of hammers?
2: Well, no. That's what I okay. have, and I'm really uncomfortable right now. But No, but your carpentry skills are amazing. <laughs> I, you know, I can't eat a donut with my feet, though. You're going to have to feed me one with yours. But I can pound it into oblivion. <laughs> um, okay, I didn't ask this, but boy, do I want to know the answer. Oh, so <laughs> washable minimals like Vibram Five Fingers mm. um, tend to fall apart when washed multiple times. And do you personally... Katie Bowman, have any tips for keeping the stink off them?
0: Really? I've watched mine many times. I, so maybe one, put them on a gentle setting, right? So they might, if you're throwing them in, in an aggressive setting, I'm not sure what multiple time means. Multiple could mean anywhere from four <laughs> to 400. But this, mm-hmm. is, this, is the, this was the tip that I got a long time ago with Vibrams. And what I've always used is... Soak them with an alka seltzer. Whoa! That the effervescent breaks it up. The effervescent
2: action breaks it up.
0: Yeah, and then um, what? What did we used to always do here? We would we would soak? We would soak them. The washing would be soaking them with hydrogen peroxide mm-hmm. and baking soda. So we didn't actually wash them. I guess we would. Do, you know, you would just just. Uh, well, that makes sense because then they're not getting pulled. Right. They're not getting agitated. Right, It's the agitation that would break them up. So baking soda, hydrogen peroxide, soak, rinse them out with water. And then the key is you have to not wear them long enough where everything that feeds on animal matter dies. So just a personal story, I went kayaking in my Vibrams and Fell out of my kayak within seconds, maybe a minute. I'll give myself a minute. Just like and 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 so I stepped in really um, life filled water. Mm. Like the water was very, um, it was right, it was up here. So just you know, lots of sea splooge. Just yes, it was full of splooge. And then I wore them for the five mile walk home so you then you feed it feed it and then i yeah. put them in a bag i put them in a bag oh, i put them no. in a plastic bag and then flew home because it was before that i lived here it was like probably i don't know seven or eight years ago and um that's like a, that's like a science experiment it right was, there. It was oh. oh my god and so when i took them took them out of the bag like 30 hours later they smelled like i had stuffed them with with bloated dead cattle which oh, is the only gosh. smell that I've actually been behind a k- truck full of bloated dead cattle. Yay for living in the valley of California. And um that's what it smelled like. Just like were, tall- it was
2: awful. Were they toast? Or were we able to well, recover them?
0: Like many things that I'm going to do, I just put them in my ca- in off my in a bucket, a dry bucket on my porch for like a year and a half.
2: And another science experiment. Well,
0: everything in there will die, right? It needs to be fed. The only Mm -hmm. reason it's smelling is because it's alive. So once you stop feeding it, then it all dies out and then they were fine. And so that's if you could have shoes in general, when you wear multiple shoes, like if you have a pair of shoes that you wear every single day you will wear through that pair of shoes faster than if you have two of the same pair of shoes using them every other day because there's a recovery period of time for a shoe that allows it to kind of regain its form back. And it seems like it shouldn't be. Like logically, it's like, well, who cares? It's like a certain amount of miles. It's like, well, because loading rate has an impact. Recovery time, dry out time, you begin to change other other characteristics of a shoe That affect its function, and the easiest way to explain this, like with time, is one of those. So, if you have a couch and you put your couch on the carpet, it smashes the carpet down, right? And so, when you move your couch after your couch being there, like you're going to vacuum every three months underneath your couch, and you slide your couch, there's divots there. Mm -hmm. But if you just put your couch on for a day or a few minutes and took it off, even though it's the exact same weight, the exact same shape, the deformation to the Carpet is different, yes? Have you ever experienced that? Yeah. Right. So time is another variable. So recovery time for your shoes, not just your body, for your shoes. If you can cycle through a couple pairs of Vibrams, it will, of course, require that you, you know, you could invest in a couple pairs. Or if you have, like, one really old pair that you keep around just for the recovery day or days of your other shoe, when they're wet, after you've washed them, let them fully dry before putting them on or else you're going to create – a stank environment, mm-hmm. a lot faster. So those are that. That would be my um, my Martha
2: Stewart tips. That was for great. stinky
0: vibrams. <laughs> thank you, thank you.
2: Thank you. That's a good Surpri- thing.
0: <laughs> surprisingly enough, she hasn't covered that on her blog.
2: Yeah, I'll write
0: in. I'll write in right
2: now. Thank you. That helps. <laughs> okay, good. That's that's a pretty good tip, actually. Was
0: that your husband's question?
2: No. Okay, good. I have several pair, but I I cycle through. So, good. um. Okay. Well, I don't want to be a heel, but we're out of time. You've been um, waiting all day to use that pun. I have. <laughs> I had a couple couple of announcements, a little shout-out. First of all, a big full-on shout-out to Brock Skywalker Armstrong, who is our new podcast ninja <sighs> slash audio engineer with Frozen Puck. He is awesome. Yeah, well, he's going to give us some serious help because
0: we used to record this just— in a closet, it sounded like, like in mm-hmm. our house in a closet. And now it sounds like fancy studio.
2: Right. Well, we're still each in a closet, but at least it sounds a lot better. At least I'm in a closet. Um, not really, but my office is very small. And also, if you enjoy listening to Katie Says, would you please go on to iTunes and give it a review? Because the more reviews we get, the the higher up we go in the visibility. And then more and more people get suggested to listen to Katie says, you know, people that are looking for this sort of thing, they see it and they go home. Oh, well, what's that? So it's good for us. So If you enjoy it, we would be super grateful if you could go onto iTunes and give us a quick review. And it doesn't have to
0: be a good review. Like it's no, not even if you no, enjoy it because no, just to- I- iTunes doesn't care. It's, I mean, if you liking something or not is a very subjective experience, so it's just nice to know that people are listening to it. And if there's things you don't like. Like, that's why we fix the audio, right? It's like, right. oh, that's a, that is a, that is something that objectively we can, I can't do anything. You can't do anything about your puns and I can't do anything about the gravel voice, but we could definitely do something about the audio.
2: Yes. So, so tips and huzzas, and we'll take it all. Bless you. <laughs> Thank you. And also <laughs> this whole body barefoot, we've said it before, I'm going to say it one more time, maybe a couple more, but it is available online amazon.com at your local barnes and noble and is it on your site yet yeah for the restorative exercise perfect mm-hmm. so go to restorative you can get it thank you for the great intro katie and from the first show that'll bit that would have been from the last show yep. yeah and i hope everybody has enjoyed um this month of foot goodness so far hashtag foot goodness <laughs> hashtag hashtag whole body barefoot hashtag um, whole body barefoot and and thank you. Thanks for your time. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. All right. Take care. See you next time.
1: Thanks for listening. For more information, visit Katie Bowman's edutaining blog, com. For books, online classes, downloads, and continuing educational courses with Katie, visit the Restorative Exercise Institute at com. You can learn more about Danny Hemmett at moveyourbodybetter.com.